Hello and welcome to A Path to Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. Once again, I hope that you've had a great week. I hope that you've had time to spend with the Lord in prayer and also in Scripture. Again, the day is quickly, quickly approaching. I truly believe for the rapture. Um, I think that things are being set up more and more and more. Just watched uh, some videos around the World Economic Forum and what they're targeting for 2030. And I'm telling you right now, the the time is short here. Um, So just make sure that you're being intimate with Christ, intimate with the Holy Spirit, intimate with the Father. It's so important that we are. Um, I just can't can't stress it enough. Um, so make sure that, that you're doing that work. Um, so for this episode, we're going to continue on with the book of Esther. And we're going to look through most of Esther chapter two. We're going to leave out the last part of Esther chapter two. Um, but we're going to look at a new queen here, a new queen being selected. And some of the things that she's going to go through um, in order to become the queen and before she actually goes before the king. So we're going to do a deeper dive into that. But before we get there, again, all of our scripture comes from a new King James version of the Bible. If you would like a copy of a new King James Bible, feel free to drop me a note at path to redemption ohio at gmail.com um, also my book is out grace abounds more than happy to get a copy into your hands all you got to do is just drop me a note at path to redemption ohio at gmail.com and then lastly don't just take my word for it make sure that you're studying to show yourself approved a workman worth is higher make sure that you are doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing right now because again as i said and i know i start off every single episode with this make sure we are being intimate with the Lord. Amen. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Um, We're going to be in Esther chapter two, starting at verse one. And this is what it says. It says, after these things, when the wrath of King Ahasuer subsided, he remembered Vashti, what she had done and what she had been decreed against her. Then the king's servants who attended him said, let beautiful young virgins be sought for the king and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom that they may gather all the beauty, beautiful young virgins to Shushan, the citadel into the women's quarters under the custody of Haggai, the king's eunuch custodian of the women and let beauty preparations be given them. Then let the young women who pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti. The thing pleased the king and he did so. So here the king remembers what he had decreed over Vashti and he begins to search far and wide for a bride that might be suitable for him. You see, this is exactly what Christ did as well by allowing grace to go beyond the Jews and to the Gentiles. He searched far and wide for a people that would come. Again, let's go back and look at what Christ said in Matthew 21, 41 through 43. It says, they said to him, he will destroy those wicked men miserably and lease his vineyard to other vine dressers who will render to him the fruits of in their seasons. Jesus said to them, Have you never read the, in the scriptures, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And whosoever falls on this stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. Right? So you have to understand again that things were taken from the Jews and ultimately allowed for the gospel to be expanded to the Gentiles, for those of us that will make Jesus Christ the stone that was rejected, the chief cornerstone of our lives. So the fullness of the bride, this is this is really talking about the, how the church was going to be given, how it was going to become the fullness of the bride of Christ. And the key here is in verse 3 of chapter 2. And it says, And let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom, that they may gather all the beautiful young virgins to Shushan, the citadel, into the women's quarters, under the custody of Haggai, the king's eunuch, custodian of the women, and let the beauty preparations be given to them. See, this says clearly that there is a time of preparation for the bride. 
a time where she must be purified before going into the king. Now, we're going to talk about that in detail a little bit here in a, here in a few minutes. But let's keep going on. Esther chapter 2, 5 through 7 says, In Shushan, the citadel, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite. Kish had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captives who had been captured with Jeconiah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. And Mordecai had brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. The young woman was lovely and beautiful. When her father and mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. If Esther is a picture of the church, then Mordecai is a picture of the Messianic Jews who looked after the church during the first century. Look, first off, Mordecai took care of Esther as she had no father or mother. The church only has the heavenly father, but needed someone to lay the foundation for her and to raise her up. This is what the apostles did with Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone. Ephesians 2, 19-22 says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you are also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So we have become family to the Jews by being grafted in. But the foundation was set by the apostles, who were the twelve disciples, along with Paul, and along, but, and along with the Jewish prophets of old. They founded the church at Pentecost, and they watched over it when it didn't have a father or a mother in the Jewish faith. The apostles took us and watched over us, just as Mordecai did, over Esther. They did that from the very foundations of the first century church. It was them that were that were traveling to the far reaches of the world, spreading the gospel, doing the teachings, and writing the epistles. So the second thing here is Mordecai is Esther's cousin. Mordecai was family, but it was through the adoption that Esther came. Paul said very plain, very plainly that we are part of this family despite being Gentile. Romans 8, 15 through 17 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Now, we're going to get into that a little bit deeper here in a second, but you've got to understand that it's the apostles and the Old Testament prophets as well that really laid the foundation here. So Esther 2, 8 through 9 says this. Let's look at look at her look at Esther's election. So it was when the king's command and decree were heard, and when many young women were gathered at Shushan the citadel, under the custody of Hegai, that Esther also was taken to the king's palace, into the care of Hegai, and the custodian of women. Now the young woman pleased him, and she obtained his favor. So he readily gave beauty preparations to her besides her allowance. Then seven choice maidservants were provided for her from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maidservants to the best place in the house of the women. Let me paint a picture here. Esther, an orphan, no mother, no father, being cared for by her cousin, part of a people subdued during the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians, ultimately just for the Persians to come in and to conquer Babylon, and then ultimately because of a beauty not fully seen, though, is taken to be prepared to go before the king. 
That is a picture of the bride of Christ right now. That's a picture of the church right now. You see, we have not been fully changed into his likeness. We haven't been fully changed into what we what we are going to be, just like Esther wasn't at this point in time. John talks about this in 1 John chapter 3, 1 through 3, when he says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. The second part here is that that she found favor with the caretaker. The caretaker was the one that was responsible to prepare her for the king and gave her the beauty preparations. The caretaker here is a picture of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit's responsibility to bring the bride into perfection. At into this end, we have the fivefold ministry in addition to our personal walks. So just as the as Haggai gave her all the things needed and then also gave her a little bit more for her beauty preparations, that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does. He seals us up in Christ, but then also gives us gifts, right? And also gives us the fivefold ministry to bring us into perfection. Ephesians 4, 11, 16 says this, and he, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure and the stature of fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Paul also goes goes further in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11, in talking about the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diverse differences of ministries, but the same same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But no one and the same Spirit works, or but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing each one individually as he wills. Haggai is responsible here for Esther and is responsible to give her the beauty preparations besides what she's been allowed. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit does for us. We receive Christ, but the Holy Spirit gives us that extra. The Holy Spirit gives us that strength that comes from nowhere else. The Holy Spirit brings us more and more into the perfection of who Christ is. And that's the job of the Holy Spirit. Even the movement of Esther to the best place of the palace is shown by Paul in us. Ephesians 2 1 through 7 says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and in sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience 
among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Jesus Christ. So we see there, even then, we have been elevated to a position, elevated to a place that is to sit together in the heavenly places with Jesus Christ. So in and this whole thing is to actually make sure that Esther is being purified the same way the church has to be purified. And John mentions this going back to that first John three, one through three, it says, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him beloved. Now we are the children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is and everyone who who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure and we'll look at that again in detail here in a little bit but it's important for us to understand that the time that the church is in right now is for the preparation to be turned into the beautiful bride of christ without spot without wrinkle and without blemish that is exactly what esther had to do from the time that she was selected to go to shushan we were selected to enter into this bride of christ but we We are not perfected. We still have spot, wrinkles, and blemishes. And that's what the job of the Holy Spirit is, is to clean us up so that we are be able to be presented to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, which is Jesus Christ. Esther 2, 10 through 11 says, Esther had not revealed her people or family, for Mordecai had charged her not to reveal it. And every day Mordecai paced in front of the court of the women's quarters to learn of Esther's welfare and what was happening to her. As the church, the church becomes our people. Unfortunately, many forget the foundation that was set by the Jewish apostles. The apostles still watch over us through the scripture that they wrote. How many times have each of us gone back to their writings to build, to to get guidance to get understanding you know even things of how we should do a church service right now it was all laid out to us by the apostles right and it was they were watching over that first century church to make sure that it got off the ground the way that the lord intended to they gave their lives for it they willfully laid them down the same way that christ did in order for that foundation to be sure and secure with christ the chief cornerstone but they watched over the church so that to and they trained their own disciples so that it would continue on into the future future. Hallelujah. That is what it means when Mordecai paced in front of the women's quarters to learn of Esther's welfare. The the first century church put us on that path as a church to be able to be the fullness of who we are. Now, we have certainly messed it up since then, but at the end of the day, they did what they had to do in order to get us on that, right? So, now let's look at the time of preparation for Esther. Esther 2, 15 through 18 says this, Each young woman's turn came to go into King Ahasuerus. After she had completed 12 months preparations, according to the regulations for the women, for thus were the days of their preparation apportioned, six months with oil of myrrh and six months with perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. Thus prepared, each young woman went to the king and she was given whatever she desired to take with her from the women's quarters of, to the king's palace. In the evening she went 
And in the morning, she returned to the second house of the women, to the custody of Shazgaz, the king's eunuch who kept the concubines. She would not go into the king again unless the king delighted in her and called for her by name. There's a lot here, so let's go ahead and unpack it. The biggest thing here is that she's going to request nothing except for what Hegai actually advises her. Right, Because listen, this is what it says in, in Esther 2, 15 through 18. It says, Now when the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Abahel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his daughter to go into the king, she requested nothing but what Haggai, the king's eunuch, the custodian of the women, advised. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. So Esther was taken to King Ahasuerus and to his royal palace in the tenth month, which is the month of Tibet, in the seventh year of his reign. So she took nothing except for what Hegai advised. And the church should be the same way. We should take nothing except for what the Holy Spirit wants to give us or for what the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit is. We should be led by the Spirit in all things in our life. Paul tells us in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The, the whole thing here is don't worry about if you get it or not. Don't worry about if the prayer is answered or not, but trust the Lord that he's going to lead you and guide you in the way that you need to go. That's what Esther did with, with Hegai, the, the king's eunuch, right? She trusted his advice and followed it. James tells us a whole lot more plainly and more forceful than what Paul did in James 4, 1 through 6, where it says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that, that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scriptures say in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You see, we are to put ourselves again in the trust of the Holy Spirit, not to focus on our wants, not to focus on our needs, because even Jesus said that tomorrow will take care of the things of tomorrow. That, you know, look at the lilies of the valley, that look how beautiful they are clothed and how much more are we to God than, than they are, right? So we've got to understand that we've got to put ourselves completely in the trust of the Holy Spirit, let him lead and guide us, just as Esther did here with Hegai. Now, the second thing here is that according to regulations, the days were six months with oil of myrrh and six months with perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. The first thing is that myrrh throughout scripture is representation of death. The church must die to self first, die to our wants, our desires, our will, and our emotions. And Paul puts this as plainly as possible in Galatians 2, 17 through 21, where he says, But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also are found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed... 
I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law died to the law, that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. He says it again in Galatians 5, through 26, when he says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. If you want to understand more about mortifying the, the deeds of the flesh, read Romans 6, chapter 6 through 8. The perfume of myrrh here represents the death that has to go through. It is the first part the first part of any Christian walk is the death of self, the death of our desires, the death of our wants, and the church is the exact same way. Esther had to be anointed in, in the oil of myrrh, representing the death that the church was going to have to go into. But why? So that the resurrection could happen in the church, and then that the rest of the perfumes can be put on there, which is the anointing that comes through the Spirit, through the death of self. Only when our flesh dies can God then anoint us to go and do the work that he has for us to do. Only when the flesh of the church dies can ultimately Esther be anointed, can she have all the, the perfumes and everything in order to be presented beautiful to the king. It is the beautifying process for the bride of Christ. Death of the flesh, death of self, ultimately to be anointed to go in to do whatever the work that it is that God has for us to do, right? That that is the process. That's what has to happen. And the church will come into that at some point because our, our Christ, our King of Kings, is coming back for a bride that is without spot, without wrinkle, and without blemish. So only after that, then, is Esther finally ready to be presented to the king. Now, when the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as daughter to go into the king, she requested nothing but what Hegai, the king's eunuch, the custodian of the women, advised. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. So Esther was taken to King Ahasuerus into his royal palace in the tenth month, which is the month of Tibeth, in the seventieth seventh year of his reign. The king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king made a great feast, the feast of Esther, for all his officials and servants, and he proclaimed a holiday in the provinces and gave gifts according to the generosity of the king. So the preparations, because of the preparations, the king gave grace and favor to Esther and loves her more than all the others just as Christ did for the church, that he loves the church and that he gave his life for it, right? You see, but it's not without the preparation. The church is being prepared right now to usher in the return of Christ. The church is being prepared right now for Christ's imminent return, for the rapture to come, for us to go and be with him and go and take part in the feast of Esther as we are finally have the crown put upon us that we can just turn around and cast it at the feet of our king, which is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, right? Because that's where we're going to. But Esther chapter 2 
It's about where we're at right now. It's about the things that are happening in this world to be able to prepare the church because, again, Christ is coming back for a queen who is going to have no spot, no wrinkle, no blemish, right? And that was the point of Esther's preparations. And to be led by the Holy Spirit, which in this is a picture of Hegai, so that the, to take nothing but what he would tell us and to do nothing except but what he would tell us to do, right? Without the preparations, without preparing for for us to go into the bridegroom without having our oil trimmed and making sure that we have it, making sure that we're filled with the Holy Spirit, doing the things that we need to do, praying, seeking him, being intimate with him, being about the work that he has for us, making sure that we do the things that he wants us to do. Then we are preparing for a to return to go in with our bridegroom, which is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. How amazing is that, right? That right here in the book of Esther in chapter two is a picture of the bride of Christ and what's happening right now in this very time frame. I thank God for that because we can see ultimately what's going to happen and how things are going to go and that we will be prepared. We will be a bride without spot, wrinkle, and blemish for him. And I thank God for that, even though it doesn't appear what we shall be. But when we see him, oh, when we see him, when we look upon him face to face, the one who saved us by his marvelous grace, then, only then, will we actually understand who we are and who we were meant to be. Amen. Look, I hope you got something out of this. I, I, I think it's a good teaching, good lesson here. Um, we're going to continue on in Esther next week. Um, just again, make sure that you're staying as intimate with him as you possibly can. I know I say it a lot, but I just can't stress it enough. There's so many things happening right now that we just have to be prepared for, right? But until next time, just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless.